Hey there, this is Jason and Paul, and we encourage you to follow us on Instagram at stateofloveandtrust underscore pod, where we can continue the conversation with you. Thanks for listening. And now, let's get to the show. Welcome, everyone, back to another episode of The State of Love and Trust. It's a Pearl Jam podcast. One of your two hosts, Jason Carapesi, and I'm alongside my good buddy, my good pal, my better half. That's not my wife. (laughs) Paul Gilliard. How are you? Happy Easter, Jason. Happy Easter. We are recording on Easter. Newsflash, we don't record the day of. No, we don't. And on that note, great segue because... Something we spoke about in our last episode mm. involved a review of Gigaton and our thoughts on what the tour would have been like. What if the tour had not been canceled? Mm-hmm. And you and I were both excited about what we thought would be impending tour dates. Mm-hmm. But we have some news, don't we? Well, hours, hours after we, <laughs> I Please. post the, I post the, uh, the, the, the uh, the show last week, right? It posts at 6 a.m. Pacific mm-hmm. time every Tuesday, 9 a.m. Eastern, and uh, 10 a.m. Rio de Janeiro. Uh, and and within hours, the entire summer of European shows was <laughs> was postponed to yeah. next year. So our whole musing about this summer being like the uh, the coming to moment and and all this jazz is is not. So if we get lucky, Paul. We will not have anything else canceled after this posts on Tuesday morning. But um, if, if we could, a, yes. a, a brief moment of eulogy. And I say this because we have listeners from various countries outside mm-hmm. of the United States. And I know many were looking forward to the opportunity to see Pearl Jam this summer. And so uh, our heartfelt, um, I, the only word I can think of is condolences here, man, because it's a sad occasion to to have had the whole thing wiped out last year and then to think, all right, 2021, we're out of the woods. Can't wait to see this band. They're coming. They're coming. And now they're not coming. And we've got to wait a whole nother year. So uh, our our hearts and, and uh, again, I, I, I know I'm kind of. It sounds more serious than it is. But overly it's dramatic. It's, it's a concert. I get it. But still, at the same time, man, it's, uh, you know, it, it's a bummer. It's a bummer all the way around. Yeah. And I was just saying before we came on here that, you know, I do have tickets for Ohana Festival in late September. And I'm just crossing my fingers that we've sorted ourselves enough to let the show go on. But like, oh, my God. Not to mention the time will tell the first leg of the Don't US tour. Yeah. Don't jinx it. Anywho. So one thing that you brought to my attention last week was, uh, this guy named Dennis um, Pauna, 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 and he did a cover of Black, but he did it in the vein, the style, uh, the musical flavor of Type O Negative. Some of you have maybe have heard this um, when it came out last week and thought to yourselves, wow, this is interesting. This guy <laughs> took yeah. Black and made it very Type O Negative. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's thinking, you know, we did an episode, I don't know how long ago, probably back in like September before we did our cover, our uh, tribute band series right. on the best covers that Pearl Jam do. And right. the flip side of that coin is 
what are some of our favorite covers of Pearl Jam by other bands, groups, artists, what have you? Now, my goodness, this list is five miles long if it were if it were a foot. And we're not gonna hit everything. We're not. Um, I mean, and we we do have a a bit of a disclaimer here, a caveat as it relates to those Mm. aforementioned cover bands. Yes. Because uh, we challenged ourselves to come up with what we thought were our our top five covers of Pearl Jam songs. And through this process, you know, I was kind of wondering, I'm sure you were wondering as well, do we include covers of Pearl Jam songs from the amazing cover bands that we've had the pleasure of getting to know over mm-hmm. the last year plus. And uh, I think we both came to the conclusion that that, that whole arena is something that, that we explored and we want to continue to explore, but we want to let that breathe, just breathe. We want to let that just breathe okay. <laughs> in its own space. And so these yeah. covers are, are separate. They're not, they, they, these are not black circle covers of Pearl Jam. They're not red mosquito covers of Pearl Jam. You know what I mean? They, they love those covers, obviously uh, it was so much that we wanted to have them on our show, <laughs> but we wanted to kind of explore outside of those, um, those paths here. So we're not going to be, uh, talking about top five covers of Pearl Jam songs from those bands, that does not mean that we do not think that covers of Pearl Jam's music by those bands merits consideration in this process, though. It just it helped the process because if we if we could include, you know, Corduroy and Ten and Vitalogy and Black Circle, and music, all these bands, Pearl Jam, uh, we would we would be here for days, right? So, yeah, we would. I mean, think about Black Circle, for example, with uh, Brandon J., what a cool version of that from the uh, outstanding from was that EBRP they did that? I, I think so. Or, so or, or yeah, I think it was something that. around there. And I, I forget when exactly that was, but anyways, the point is that we're going to exclude those boys. We, we have pumped their tires enough and we will continue to, but in, for this particular section, we're going to focus outside of them. Now, I don't know how Paul did this, but I have a, a short list here, mm-hmm. probably like, I don't know, a dozen or so. Okay. Clips that I found, and they span from nobody's to very much somebody's. Sure. Uh, so, same with me. Cool. cool. So Similar I'm curious to see. Now, for me, this is not a um, – it's hard for me to be like, this is five through one. It's like, sure. For me, this is like just five of my favorite right now in right. no particular order. In no particular order. They're not, they're not ranked. These aren't ranked. Exactly. So without further ado, our favorite – as of right now, what time is it? Uh, 8.40 p.m. on the Western Seaboard, Sunday, April 4th, 2021. These are our five favorite covers of Pearl Jam. Uh, Paul, I'll kick it to you first. Uh, what would be one of your first ones? Well, for, I just want to throw a couple of, uh, of shout-outs to, to ones that didn't make my top five, Gotta but, have but that I thought, of course, yeah, right. So one of them is <laughs> is a Jack Johnson cover of "Soon Forget," yes, which you can find on YouTube. And I just thought that the flavor, to use your word from earlier in the show, of this particular track, it's so fitting on, on with with Jack Johnson singing the song. I, if you had told me it was a Jack Johnson song and I never heard it, 
I would believe you. So it's right in his it's, wheelhouse. Yeah. It's right in his wheelhouse, man. So I, I thought that that was a pretty cool cover. Um, so that definitely hit, hit the, the honorable mention for me. So I, I had to throw that one out there. Uh, so, yeah. Okay. How about I was, you? I was going to say uh, a couple things that kind of just didn't quite make my top five, but are very, 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 very good. I would say, let's see what we got here. I got a few more, but that one, that's the one I wanted to lead with. Okay. Bounce, bounce, we'll, we'll go, we'll bounce a few back. Okay. Well, about, about, that's good because some of them are hard for me to do. Um, there is a gentleman named Ikaro Anselmo. Oh, I, I, I think he's from Brazil and he does a cover of oceans just by himself with an acoustic guitar. And it is fabulous. And I don't know how we're going to do this, but I'm going to try and figure out a way to, to post links to all these. Yeah, well, um, I have I have YouTube links to all of mine, and yeah, so, so I'll send them to you, and then we'll just go ahead and throw them up there on on Instagram. We'll throw them up there on our uh, Facebook page. Yeah. And, so these are all very very cool, but yeah, uh, Ikaro uh, and Selma with Oceans, um, lovely version all by himself. So that's that's one that I really really enjoyed. So another one that really stood out for me, there's a Minneapolis rapper by the name of Pos, and he does a a hip hop rock rendition of why go off 10 and it is uh it's so different and unique it's it's a must here it really really is and his rendition of it is very faithful to the original arrangement of the song but it's his interpretation and delivery and and the way he adds a beat to it that i thought was really really cool so if you want to hear why go in a way you've never heard it before highly recommend that you check that out and we'll make sure to provide the link for you. Well, one more that I'll do before I get into uh, the top five here is, Oh man, it's hard to choose. It's so hard to choose. What do we do? What uh-huh. do, we do? Um, you know what? I will just carry on because I was going to, I was going to leave this for my five, but I'm going to, I'll just say it right now. POS. Why go? Yeah. There you it, go. It, it was on my list here and I was hemming and hawing, but um, yeah, a hip hop cover of, of a Pearl Jam song. Apparently it was on MTV as a, as a music video. I don't remember seeing this back in the day when they actually played music videos, but it was like an MTV two, probably some sort of like, you know, early hours of the morning kind of thing. And I just, I just love how he plays the main riff on the bridge in the keys. Uh, I'm sorry, on the keys and, He's actually not a bad singer at all. He's actually pretty good, and the beat is pretty sick. And yeah, I don't know how many people have ever heard this cover, and I'm glad that you found it because I thought it was really cool. Yeah. So check it out. P.O.S. Why go? What a very cool um, version of the song. And uh, yeah, I'm glad that you found it as well. Yeah. So my last one here, as an honorable mention, goes out to uh, a group by the name of Brooklyn Duo. And in 2018, they did a cello piano cover of Better Man. It, it's, it's beautiful. It really, really is. Uh, I, I think you could stream it on Spotify, I believe. But uh, check that one out as well. Again, we're going to make sure, those of you who are following us on social media, that you, you have a link so you can check these out. Definitely want to support all these folks for their wonderful um, homage. Uh, I'm losing my words here. We definitely want to thank these people for their beautiful renditions of Pearl Jam's music. And, and this one is, is a, it's already a beautiful song and to hear it this way, equally lo- just lo- lovely way to, to hear it. 
Well, I'm going to uh, do one last, um, one last animal mention, and that would be by uh, someone who I think is um, gets a lot of flack for trying to play or, or sing rock music because she's not a rock singer, but I think she could be. And that's Miley Cyrus. Oh, and I know it's, does it's this just it, breathe. It is. It oh, divides dude, opinion. I, I, uh, I, I think she polarizing. does. That's okay. I think she does a nice job with it. And I think that her voice is so um, you, and you hear her voice. It's so distinct that many people would find, especially many Pearl Jam fans would find this song. So um, they, 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 there's like a possession to this song and to hear it sung in her, in her unique way is very, you said polarizing. It's, it's either love or hate. Well, I think it, it's, I think it's very cool. Ah, it lost me. I tried, man. It just, it felt it, I, now look, she does an outstanding cover of Dolly Parton's Jolene. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. And, but, but I did not connect with, with her. Uh, I mean, the production of it was lovely. You know, you got the, the, the little Christmas lights and the band's there and she comes mm-hmm. out and she's all dolled up. I had no problem with, with the whole presentation of it. But as soon as she started singing the song, and I, 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 I had a hard time with it. So it's, I'm curious. We're, we're see, not on the same fence with that one. I'm curious to see what people think about uh, Miley. I, I wasn't really on the socials the day that she released that, but I remember thinking to myself, oh, this could be either really bad or really good. And I was like, you know what? For me, it was really bad. And I think a lot of people agree with you, but I am an unabashed Miley fan. But that's, the, that's the caveat, though. I don't say it's bad because I have an issue with her as an artist. Again, I, her cover of Jolene, I like. I think she does a lot of things well. I just, the way she sings this song, it really irks me. Well, I'll put it this way, and this wasn't not in my top five, but there's a cover by Dirks Bentley featuring Mike McCready playing this song, we, we and I find that, it yeah. much worse than this. I'm with you. I'm with you. On that. I think it's I think real country. One and it of, does not work for me. Well, there's one of Dirks Bentley, and I think they're playing alive, and it's also in that same. <laughs> this does not work. Some songs yeah. just don't work in other genres, and oddly enough, Why Go was really cool in hip hop, but I could not get Just Breathe in country. But well, we did. look, man. If you want country, yes, I'll, I'll just I'll throw. Are one we segueing here? What's happening? Well, it's not. Yes and no. Here's a bonus. Okay. Okay. Better Man by Sugarland. I had it on my list here, dude. I'm telling. Not it, my yeah, top okay. five, but yes. Oh yeah. So I, I have to say, the way she says "can't," <laughs> it, there's a country twang to it. I I bought into this. It so was it, good. It was get, good. Yes, I will give you that one. That's good. So it, it doesn't work for Just Breathe and Dirk Bentley, but it works beautifully for Better Man and Sugarland. So, so we'll post a link for that as well. All right, Better Man with a country flair, I can dig it. Just Better Breathe Man with a so country much. flair. <laughs> well, okay. it, it's it's so, it has more of a folksy feel. Just Breathe, you know what I mean? It, 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 I don't know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let, let, let's let's jump in here. Let's start with number five. In okay, no here we go. Here's our real fifth. top five. What do you got real for number top. five? Okay, so for me, I'm going to jump in here. And uh, I, I think the one that really stood out to me that I ironically had forgotten about was Prince playing Even Flow. Yes. is 
so good. It, it's it, we do not. Okay, look, I'm sure those listening do, but generally speaking, folks do not appreciate Prince's prowess on the guitar enough. That guy could have never sung a note in his life and been a legend just for his work on the fret. I, I, I was truly impressed, continue to be impressed. And I just, to have rediscovered this after forgetting that I had heard it a while back, it was cool, just this exercise of going through. Uh, the way he plays Eddie's voice on the guitar is, is really, really awesome. So highly recommend folks check this one out as well. Even Flow with Prince on the guitar. It's, it's a purely instrumental, mm -hmm. but Prince's guitar essentially takes the place of what Eddie's vocals would be, and it shines. It is, um, it's, a, it's a loose cover, and, and by that I mean he, he basically... If you've ever driven down um, from, let's say, I don't know, Chicago to Los Angeles. Uh, I've driven the 40 across okay. the state. That's, 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 the good, that's good enough. That's good enough. Yeah. So when you're driving down the 40 or I-40, as most of the country would call it, uh, you would notice that a lot of that highway is also Route 66. Yeah. However, the fabled and storied Route 66. Exactly. And you may notice as you drive along that highway through New Mexico and Arizona that Route 66, it, it, you're on it and then you're not. And it basically goes off an off ramp and then you see a dirt road go out into the horizon. And you're like, oh. And then, like 12 miles later, it comes right back and, con and converges back with I 40. That's kind of how Prince is here. He 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 plays the main riff and then he kind of veers off into his own territory and lets lets the guitar sing in another way and finds himself back on the main riff again like a couple minutes later. It's just so cool how he takes that song, expands it, and it makes it his own purely with the guitar. And if you don't know Prince with the guitar, do yourself a favor and just YouTube the rock and roll hall of fame induction show where he played the solo to while my guitar gently weeps. Holy Jesus. That boy can shred. Yeah, he can. There you go. Uh, I'm going to go with um, a gentleman by the name of Boyce Avenue. Ah, which one? He, he does a couple. Is this Jeremy? This is Jeremy. He hit me with a surprise laugh. My jaw left hurting. Oh, drop one open. Just like a day, oh, like the day I heard. Daddy, daddy. I really, really like this one. I had a couple of Jeremy options on here, and I went with Boyce. Um, I think vocally, this guy is right on the mark. He hits all the inflections you want in a vocally difficult song, and not just difficult from a performance angle, but also the emotion behind it. And it's just him and an acoustic guitar. But the acoustic is tuned way down, and he's got some big, thick-ass strings on this acoustic, so it sounds almost like a bass. Lush, yeah. It's real deep, but it's full-sounding. Really, really cool. And I think this dude really nailed this and made it sound big, even though it's just him and one instrument. And that's difficult to make this song sound when you know it's made to have everybody included into it. So kudos to Boyce. Um, I think it was from like, seven or eight or 10 years ago. I was yeah. He's got a few albums, I think, uh, that are all covers and, uh, he does original stuff as well, but 
the couple of albums that are all covers that he, he does a really fine job on, on a good number of tracks, actually. Yeah. Not, so not I, exclusively Pearl Jam, but sure. But I've, I found this to be a very, very good version of Jeremy, which is a hard song to get right. So, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you on that one. So uh, I, I'm going to throw one that I'm sure everybody listening has heard of before. It's, it, it, See, there's immortality. A true and fine's home And a will to hold on There's a trap door around the sun Not a fantasy personally mm -hmm. uh, but i thought that uh, you know you get a post-grunge band and and you have them do a song like see the the guitars are so crisp and lush in this track and uh it's really interesting hearing a song like this and then you compare it to say full's version of immortality where it's also like three guys and a guitar you know i mean I, granted see had, had a drummer in the background for this one but it's just an interesting dichotomy to juxtapose those two back to back. But Seether's rendition, I think, is, is pretty well known and uh, it was generally well received. I think everybody agreed that, you know, it was, it was a very unique and faithful rendition of the track. His voice lends itself to that melancholy, uh, morose, you know, just introspective feel of the song and so i i uh, while i'm not a big fan of the band either uh, i think that this particular cover really stands out and, and it, it was a very well done cover and continues to to age well and so it makes my list my man yeah that was one of the ones on my short list as well um Seether for me as a band I, i've liked a decent amount of songs um, it, it's definitely a band that has a sound that's kind of frozen in time. You know, obviously Pearl Jam is more of a band that has a classic sound that kind of transcends um, the trends, as it were. Transcends yeah. the trends. Oh my god! Uh, but but see, they're in that in that new metal post grunge world of late nineties through the two thousands. You know, it, it's it's kind of stuck. And while I can, I, I might throw an album on every few yeah years it just for doesn't age songs. well unfortunately and i get like five songs and i'm like all right that, that was cool you kind of play some of those some of those hits that they had and you kind of you know i'm kind of done with it but here's the thing is that his voice is, is suited for like you said is suited for the emotion and the theme right. of the song so well that it that it works so yeah i completely agree with uh with that choice it's a great choice uh i'm gonna go with a band, a, a duo. Funny enough, they're called Three Acoustic Band. Mm. And they do a version of The End. Mm, it's my fault now Having caught a sickness in my bones How it pains to leave you here With the kids on your own Just don't let me go Oh, it's lovely. It's, I have not um, heard this. Well, uh, I'll give you the link. It's uh, <laughs> this acoustic duo. You and everybody else, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wee, These guys are from Poland, and they do an incredible rendition of a, of a really hard-to-pull-off song. 
from an emotional point of view. And I think the singer is excellent, even if some of the higher notes aren't in his register. He kind of, it almost sort of works for him though, because the points are so emotional anyway, that it's almost like he can't bear to approach them. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So like sometimes you'll hear a singer and they, they try That's to hit an the interesting high notes. justification that you just, do you know what I'm saying though? Yeah, I can, I can get behind. I haven't heard of the cover, so I'm excited to hear it. It's it's, he does this song so well. And then there's certain points where he clearly can't reach those notes, Yeah, but the way that he, he, starts to reach for them and comes back down to either the octave below or just another note. It's like, okay, I see what you're doing here. I'm going to let it slide. It's all right. Because I can, I can see how I can make this work. And the rest of the song is so beautiful that I'm like, shit, this is, it's just one of those really powerful songs that I'm okay with it. And for, you know, for foreign musicians to pull off something in English when it's not their native language, especially right. this yeah, well, an impressive feat. Yeah, it's just it's 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 something else, and, and it still gives me chills. Um, that song, and they did a good job of of doing what Ed has done with that song for me. That's awesome, man. I'm I'm excited to hear that. So I'm going to jump in with "State of Love and Trust" by the Gaslight Anthem. the gasoline anthem yeah that they do a really solid version of this track there's actually a live version of it where on stage eddie joins them no kidding and yeah there is and 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 he sings with them so you know they do a pretty solid job of the song when eddie's like yeah i'll, I'll even play it with you <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like, uh, which obviously you know the same argument could be made for dirk bentley doing pearl jams like well how come you guys are cool with that but not mike coming out if that's mike's approval why did fair enough I get mm. that argument. I have no rebuttal. <laughs> I do. I'm going to take the L on that one. Well, maybe you do. I don't know. But <laughs> I feel that this particular version of a state of love and trust, there's a certain sense of urgency and aggression that is captured beautifully by the band here. And uh, they, they, they just nail it, man. It's, it's not the type of song that a lot of bands could cover well. It is vintage Pearl Jam in in a way that I feel like only Pearl Jam can pull off. There's a lot of like Smashing Pumpkins and Metallica and Alice in Chains tracks and Soundgarden tracks where in your head you're thinking, I hope nobody covers this. You know what I mean? It's just don't don't try with this one because it's not going to it's not going to age well. it's similar with certain films, you know, where you, mm. you watch a great film and you're like Spaceballs. Don't ever try to do that again. You know what I'm There's just a number of films that are just, they're perfect the way they are. Don't try and redo them. Uh, Spaceballs is probably not very high on my list of films that qualify as such. I don't know why it's the first one that popped into my head. No, but you're right about anyway. it. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, there you go. So this particular version of Gaslight Anthem, excited to share the link with any of you who have not already heard and seen this. I'm sure most of you listening already have. And uh, if you have, you probably understand why it's why it's in my top five. You can tell watching them play this song that the singer is a big fan of this song mm-hmm. in the band, which is always a good sign. Huge so, sign. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm going to carry on with 
Where should I go? Where should I go? I'm going to go with um, Aaron Lewis. Okay. And Go featuring, black. nope, no, Aaron Lewis featuring Chris Bellini on a guitar and backing vocals. Garden. I'm just You actually told me about him playing Garden. Yeah. And I checked it out and I go, L- you know last what? Last night, actually. <laughs> yep. Yep. Late ad. Yeah. And it's late ad. Time. I love it. <laughs> it's really good, though, isn't it? It's in my, it's in my, it's five. in your top five. Yeah. It's another time that someone has stripped down a heavy rock as Pearl Jam song and brought the emotion of the song into an even brighter spotlight. Because when yeah. you are just by yourself with a guitar, there's no room to hide, you know? Yeah. The fact that they, extend this song by like another three or four minutes yeah or so cool. it, it it's it's really cool you know there's more guitar solos which is cool i'm always down for more guitar solos and the so you know, the solos aren't even anything to write home about they're good they're fine but what i like about them is that it allows aaron to kind of come back and sing the refrain a couple more times yeah. And it's definitely one of my favorite Pearl Jam courses. So I don't mind hearing it again and again. Sure. Yeah. So I am, I am all in for this. I'm glad you told me about it because I had never heard it before. It's uh, cool. But it's, it's really, really cool to hear this rendition. Yeah. I'm completely on board with that as well. I, uh, I mean, obviously everybody knows the, the Aaron Lewis rendition of black, which yeah. actually isn't in my top five. It's only great because but yeah. it is great. And, and it's, it's, I'm not disparaging his rendition at all. I'm just simply saying that, I feel like he he cuts it off too early, and I I think a lot of people love mm. that it ends where it does. But I want that, you know. <laughs> I know I why why, but it's such an iconic song and to not include that at all. I always felt just it's the iconic part of the song and to exclude it is a little weird. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know. But um, his rendition of of Garden I thought was outstanding. I'm totally with you on that one. So. If Black wasn't my favorite song, I probably would be talking about Aaron Lewis's rendition of Garden right now. But instead, I'm going to talk about Chris Daughtry's rendition of Black. Ooh. time man i thought this was arguably the best cover of a pearl jam song that i'd ever heard 
uh, and, and he did this a lot in 2007 when he was touring. Kind of, I, I don't remember when he was on American Idol, but I want to say oh God. that he, like, he did that and then he got himself a record deal. And I think it was him, his tour for that first album. So it was still pretty cover heavy. Uh, you know what I mean? Because he only had so much material at the time. But he would do black pretty consistently. And sadly, we don't have much in the way of like a, a solid soundboard recording. Uh, I want to say there's one out there and I'll find a link for it that's at probably the best audio quality, but I don't necessarily think it's the best rendition of it. The hmm. best rendition of it to me is the one that he did in uh, at a place called Bogarts in Cincinnati. You know what? We've talked about this with the pandemic. Hopefully Bogarts is still open. Oh, yeah. Bogarts in Cincinnati, Ohio on March 10th, 2007. Jason and I, we will post this link. But his, it is the one of the most impassioned versions of the song. The guy's voice, I'm sorry, it's gold. He's, <laughs> it, it is a golden voice. This guy had a voice made for this. If you have not heard his cover with with uh, Brad Arnold of Three Doors Down of Phil Collins' In the Air Tonight, also just smashing. Just It's an outstanding cover. Anytime the guy sings something like this, I, for whatever reason, I just, I love the guy's voice, man. I think he just hits it out of the park every time. I'm not a huge fan of his original music, but I, I mean, you know, when he covers something, I'm always all ears. So he uh, does an outstanding job here on this particular version. Another one from Sunfest in West Palm Beach in 2007 as well. Also an equally great version. And uh, it, he nails the song, dude. He really, really does. Uh, quite honestly, up until this point, this was by far... Uh, my favorite cover version of Black only because, you know, it, it was one of those rare instances where a, a singer could sing this song in his style. And I actually liked his singing of the song almost as much as I do Eddie's. It, that's how impressive it was to me, which is a, a huge step for me to take, given how passionate I am about this particular track. Oh, we know. I love, obviously, our, our cover <laughs> band friends' renditions of the songs. You know what I mean? But a lot of them sound so much like Eddie that it, it, it it's a very different conversation. You know, whereas I feel like Daughtry is just distinctly Daughtry. And so when Chris sings the song, it, it just has a, a... It's like you're discovering it for the first time again in a new way. So if you love Black, would love to share this one with you. Who knows? Maybe those listening are going to say, Paul, you're, you're nuts. You're crazy. This is I don't know. totally I mean, overrated. But I thought it was outstanding. I think Daughtry, if you didn't... Okay, so by the way, it was season four in 2006 that he was on. Thank you. All right, American so Idol. yeah, that's next year then. So if you didn't... If he didn't come from American Idol, um, people about probably think of him... Uh, in, a, in a greater light than some do because people will see, Oh, you're on a reality show contest. That's why you're blah, blah, blah. Well, the guy's talented. Yeah, though. but he yeah. is a good singer. Yeah. He really I mean, is. he's, he sang on a song with seven dust called, hold on. I'm going to find it for you. This is me vamping is in real time. I find the song. It's called <laughs> the past um, with seven dust. Uh, from their album Chapter Seven: Hope and Sorrow, also a song on there that includes, I think, Aaron Lewis. In the air tonight? Oh no, no, I'm sorry. They have an In the Air Tonight cover. Do they really? They? I thought they did. Seven Dust. I could have sworn. In the Air Tonight would be covered by um another band around that time. 
Oh my God, who is it? People are yelling at the in, into what their happened? phones right now. Yeah, in the air Jesus tonight. Guys, this cover. is a Pearl Jam podcast. What do you? I know, about? but like now it's driving <laughs> me nuts. Uh, I can't find it. Uh, whatever. Anyways, Daughtry has a great voice, so I'm not going to um, badmouth this pick at all. Um, I like you ha- are, are not really a fan of his original stuff, but I recognize that he has a hell of a voice, and yeah, he, he does. does this song very well. So what are you going to do, people? Listen to it, enjoy it, and don't try and compare it to Eddie. How about that? Yeah, I like it. So uh, one here that I've got, um, I guess this is my second to last one, uh, Glenn Hansard. Hey. Glenn Hansard playing uh, and singing present tense. I like this. This is a good one. It seems that needlessly it's getting harder. Thank you. And this is a stripped down version. And I, you know what? I dedicate this pick to our friend Lenny Prado, who is a big Glenn Hansard fan. Yeah. This version is so lovely, um, especially considering the context of the performance. Glenn explains uh, how Eddie called him, and, and he was a stranger at the time. So that he just got this call from Eddie out of the blue. And uh, this happened after... Um, Glenn learned that a fan of his committed suicide at one of his shows. God. Ed obviously is all too familiar with tragedy within an audience, you know, Ross killed and all. And so he helped Hansard through this. And uh, Glenn seemed to play this performance in the spirit of thanking Ed for his friendship. That's what I got out of it. And from a performance point of view, it's pretty straight. He doesn't really go off on, on any kind of weird tangents like I mentioned with Prince, for example. He plays it pretty straight. And because there's no backing band, it's just him with a guitar, Glenn's choice of guitar, which was, uh, I, I want to say an ES-335. It's a Gibson style. It's a, it's a, it's a semi-hollow body guitar. and it, It's very cool. And that's because there's an airy uh, fullness to the notes of this guitar, as opposed to Think about the album version with Mike. It's a, it's a it's a more hollow, cold sounding uh, guitar sound because he's playing on a Strat, and I think that this really helps um, Glenn's voice in this particular particular situation because it's just him, uh-huh. so it flushes the whole thing out and sounds a little bit bigger. And this song is a big song on a thematic um, plane, so. I thought it was a, a lovely cover and the emotion was right and the context was fantastic. So kudos to you, Glenn Hansard. Outstanding. I like it. Good call there, man. Okay. Here's your last one. What do you got for me? My last one. No surprise. Going right back down the well again. Black. And this is a tough one because hold it's on, my hold on. Can fam- I guess? Can I guess? Of course you can. Is it uh, Courtney Frazier? No. Oh. There's a Courtney. Who, I've not Courtney heard Frazier this. With the, with the orchestra. She seems that real like. It's really like um, 
uh, uh, old timey like jazz style. Oh, like, I've heard that one. And no, man, so I, cool. I've already I've actually mentioned this on the show in the past, but it's oh, it's, man, I know you're gonna say it, it, it's finding Kate. She, I want to say she's Canadian, but I have to double check. But her, her cover of this song, man, I cannot get over it. I'm telling you. She does a version of Nutshell by Alison Chains, mm. equally as hauntingly beautiful and arresting as this. She, there, there's something about this song, the passion of, and I think that that's what I miss. I, you know, we spoke about this in the past, how Mike's guitar has essentially replicated the yearning, the longing, the sense of loss and desire that Eddie's voice once so epically held in captivity in the way he was able to deliver the song. And if you want to hear something special, find Eddie's isolated vocal track for Black on YouTube. Good Lord. (laughs) But the the closest thing I've heard do this justice from an, an artist trying to bring his or her original flair to this track is what I've heard from Chris Daughtry, who one of the few singers I think that can actually, you know, bring that same level of, of intensity to the song, but also finding Kate. She brings a magnetism and a, I mean, you see her, she's this little sprite, man, mm-hmm. but good Lord, can she bellow. And I just think that uh, her version of it is so well done. It's just her and a piano. I, I don't know the gentleman's name playing the piano, but uh, and I should. I feel badly because he, he does a beautiful job playing on the piano. He does the same thing on Nutshell as well. I should look this up, but uh, not now. I'm not going to pull a seven dust. That, that, that's <laughs> This version, I think, is arguably the best cover that I've heard of this song by anyone, period. It, and it's my favorite Pearl Jam song, so I'm, a t- I'm, I'm tough to please when tough it comes critic. to this track. She crushes this. Song. She crushes it. She really, really does. It'll stay with you to the point where you, I could easily see people like just, I, I bought the track. I mean, I am all about it, man. It's, it's wow. an outstanding, just, it, God, I, I'm out of words for how <laughs> well done it is. So. Well, I have two words for you, and that is Chris Charalam. <laughs> Trollambitis. Chris Trollambitis playing the piano. Mm. There you go. While you were babbling, you I, I found Thank out you. the answer for you. While I was, I was lost in thought and babbling, yes. I appreciate that. And, and, and I'm sorry. Chris, you're in, outstanding. In the, yeah, in the, in the rare chance that Chris is listening to this, I am sorry for butchering your last name. Trollambitis, I hope it's I hope it is. You Anyways. know what? What we, we should we should we should have them on. We should oh, totally, okay. you know what? We're going to do it. We're going to reach out to Chris and Kate. Is it, I, I'm going to laugh if it's not even Kate. Like her name's like, 
don't know. My name's Leslie. Gladys something. Yeah, like Leslie Gladys. <laughs> yeah, Finding <laughs> Kate's just the name of the band, Paul. <laughs> We're going to reach out, and I would love to talk to them about this track, what it meant to them, and what inspired this particular way to cover it, because that's how much in love with her rendition of this song I am. And, and that's how much I feel like we owe it to Chris for butchering his name. <laughs> that you know, the least we could do is invite him on the show. Well, you know, that, that version's only it's barely two years old. It's like two, yeah. two and a half years old. So they're 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 around. So we gotta we gotta find them and, and get them on and ask them about this. Cause yeah, you're right. It's it's tremendous. I'm gonna finish with a, a duo named Tony and Jackson. Salahi or uh, Salalahi. Sorry, I mispronounced that. Jackson Salalahi. And they've done a version of Alive. Whilst he walks slowly across the young man's road, she said, I'm ready for you. Why can't remember anything? It is very dead. Said the love. two gentlemen from indonesia nice one acoustic guitar one singer now the rawness and soul in a song that is so massive like alive stripped down to its barest form you better do it right it's recorded and uploaded in november of this past year seven months ago six months ago mm-hmm. we're all locked down I've not heard this yet. So I'm it's think about, think about being on a small remote beach in Indonesia. Cause where they record it, they're literally like on a, like on a hut, like a, maybe like a shack or maybe like a, like a beachside huh. um, bar. It gets real. Just, it's not, this isn't the four seats stripped down and they're just hanging out there. Think about it from that point of view during a pandemic where you can't really do anything. And this is how they're being, this is how they're recording it and playing it and performing it. And it's finding happiness in in the beautiful weather while the world is losing its mind around them. Think of that and the context. lyrical content of this song. <laughs> yeah. This is this is one of those songs that's been covered a million times uh, and almost always done so by the book. And and usually to the point where I'm like, oh man, you're trying too hard to do this, the studio version. It takes a really good band to do the studio version of this as a cover. Um, well, and fortunately, we, we know a few people that that, that can, but uh, these guys go the opposite way. And it was really, really, really cool. So I'm excited for you guys. Um, I, I, I've been playing clips, little snippets from these songs, as you've noticed, um, before we get into each one of them. So you have a little taste. But I'm, like we said, we're going to post the full links to all these. So you can get a, f- a full appreciation of what we're talking about here. But I'll tell you what, Tony Jackson Salahi from Indonesia. Kudos, my friends. Yeah, that's awesome. How, how awesome was this? You know, we just talked about how this tour got canceled. Yeah. And 
you could sit around and listen to all these covers that we're about to post and feel like you just saw something new and fresh mm. in the absence of what sadly you won't experience this year for those of you folks who, who live you know abroad from us anyway and so i'm excited to share these links because i really enjoyed listening to these and i am especially excited to hear the ones that I have not yet heard that you just shared with me as well. So I'm hoping it's a treat for all involved, my friend. So funny, uh, obviously, as you guys are listening to this, you could be uh, Googling the names and already listening to these songs. So yeah. maybe, maybe the links will be redundant, but we're going to post them anyways. And, uh, and yeah, this, this has been a lovely treat because I think a lot of these people you've never heard of, I, I would think. And uh, you know, we didn't even mention people like Chris Cornell covering better man. We didn't talk about um, uh, who else here. Do you, do you really think that they're they're googling this stuff? I don't know. Maybe does anybody listen to a podcast when <laughs> when they're not driving a car? I mean, <laughs> it's sometimes I listen to them at night. When, when really? Do you? Yeah. By the way, yeah. Alicia uh, Widar or Vidar doing cover of Jeremy also very good. I must say. So oh. just want to point that because there's one. There was the one on the list here in my short list that was not mentioned by either one of us. So, anyways, there you go. Let's go to our lyric of the week. And Paul, this is episode 50, my friend. I didn't mention it at the top of the show, but this is the 50th episode. This is episode I, I, L. I still can't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> Better than Q, yeah. right? Oh, boy. Q. <laughs> okay. Episode L. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking Super Bowl. You're thinking about conspiracy theories and and madness yeah okay anyway back to l i like i like super bowls super bowls are great episode l Except here we go lose, but yeah. i figured why not go with a massively awesome song with better man and here we go Hey, Paul, Vitology, two weeks in a row, which is not like us, but I figured because it's episode 50, I should go big. And we, we, we have been lacking of Vitology songs of late. So let's just go back to back with Vitology. Yeah. Let's do better, man. What do you think? This song, um, Eddie, he really, really excels at telling a story outside of himself. I think that, uh, you know, when Eddie sings in the vein of social commentary, that, that counts as a number of, of great Pearl Jam songs. When Eddie speaks from the heart about his own experience, take a song like Corduroy, for example, equally as impressive. But there's something fun and special about when he, he, he takes a step outside of himself and he builds a narrative. Uh, whether or not it's a song like Better Man, which is one of the greatest Pearl Jam songs ever. I mean, look, it's an Eddie Vedder song that, but you know what? As a composition, Brendan O'Brien mm-hmm. always felt this was a Pearl Jam song. Um, or a song like Johnny Guitar, you know what I mean? Which is not one of my favorites necessarily, but it's a fun listen. Simply lyrically, you just sit back and say, God, that's an interesting story being told here. My father's son, are by far my least favorite track 
on Lightning Bolt. But lyrically, it's a story. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And, and sometimes it's interesting just to kind of follow the narrative. And when you, when you hear a song like Better Man, the unfortunate thing, especially in a, in a, a country like the United States with the divorce rate that we have, how many women listen to this song and think to themselves, that song is or was my life. And I just, I can't help but, but hear a song like Better Man. And, and while I personally don't have an attachment to it in the sense that I don't know what it's like to, to feel that way, I, I can, well, you know what? Why can't a man listen to the song and hear these lyrics and f- still feel that way? You know what I mean? It's such a universal feeling about being stuck and feeling like somebody that you thought you knew, somebody that you thought you, that you, you were in love with, turns out not to be the person that you believed he or she was. And there's that reckoning of suddenly being arrested by the thought, was that ever there or did I just want it to be there? Did I just want to believe that that's who that person was? And is that a reflection of really more of who I was at that time and the empty void that I was trying to fill and the lengths that I was willing to go to in order to fill it? And so this particular track to me will always feel it goes back to the Andy Wood song where he says music is a universal language. There's something about the blend of music and lyrics in this track that I think, you know, and and you mentioned this earlier when you said, what's the difference between Pearl Jam and say the post grunge movement. And it's, there's something about Pearl Jam's music that's classic that sustains itself. Mark Twain once said uh, the definition of a classic is a book that demands to be reread. And this is a song that will always demand to be re-listened to. And, and I think, Eddie's memory and she was bold and strong and waiting for the world to come along. Swears she knew him. Now she swears he's gone. Again, it's that self-doubt. Swears she knew him. Now she swears he's gone. It's, it's, there, there's so many psychological layers to this. Mm. My Lord, we could go on and on and on and on about this song. And I can think of a special someone who would love to go on and on and on with us about this song. <laughs> but I can honestly say that when you break it down, it's just, there's so much loss, the loss of self, the loss of love, the loss of a connection, the loss of, of belief. It's a sad song. It really, really is. And it's so interesting that the reason Eddie was reluctant to put it forward as a Pearl Jam track was because he thought it was too pop sounding. How, you know what I mean? When, when you think about a song with so much latent loss in it, it's just, it's confounding to me that, it, that musically it could excel as a pop song on so many levels, despite the, um, the melancholy, just sense of, of, of uh, loss on so many levels. So anyway, off the soapbox, where are you at with this one, buddy? Man, this is, um, well, you, you hit so many good points. And I think about, you know, the self-doubt with relationships and, th- and wondering, well, what was this? Was I ever really... Did I ever really care for this person like I thought I did? And I'm, I'm, I know that you and I have both been in those situations before. Yeah. It's different um, from the other point of view because specifically what this song alludes to um, 
is the abuse. Right. And I don't know how many of us have really ever been in a relationship with actual physical abuse. I mean, not, not to downplay um, emotional, like verbal abuse. Um, that's also obviously very, very bad and very, very harmful. The, the domestic abuse thing I think is, is, is important. And, you know, I was asked the question, how many songs in Pearl Jam's catalog live in this world? Kind of a lot. Right. And this classic is well-documented to be about Ed's mom and his stepfather, right. or as he once put it so famously, quote, the bastard that married my mama. It was at the intro, was it 94? Atlanta? I, I want to so. say it was. That I was the first, so. the first time they played the song, and that's how he introduced it. But you know what? Let's apply this to something a little bit greater. So let's kind of zoom out a little bit. This tells a specific story, but I think it's better to think about this in the macro setting. And you kind of started getting there. Right. How many women go through this? We'll just focus on them for a minute. You know, have, have, been, have been going through this for years, decades, the, the length of human history, let's just say, because yes, we have seen a lot happen over the last few years since Me Too and not a moment too soon. Yeah. But- relationships like these still exist and you know not everyone is woke no. not everyone believes treating women as equals is quote right or quote and a lot of this has been exacerbated by the, by the pandemic it it really has because they're stuck in these households and you can't you know for for physical health reasons you can't go out somewhere right when you don't know what the hell that thing's going to do to you and you know these people don't believe that it's right that women are equal or that it's the way that it's, it's supposed to be. Now, we have a friend, and we've mentioned this before, we have a friend who has a Facebook group called Behind the Masculinity. Yeah, and our friend, Christian Lopez. Christian Lopez, that's right. And it's all about kind of redefining what masculine means. And I believe this scenario falls squarely inside this arena. The idea that A there is or should be one kind of masculine or 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 man and that's insane to me uh, and i think it's the it's insane to the group and what and what the group is meant to um espouse and it's really about kind of redefining what masculine means and and you know th- this is the by the way this is the old way of thinking this this old world masculine that our that our buddy christian is trying to redefine often finds itself square at the center of stories like better man now this isn't to say that the traditional version of a man is necessarily a womanizing abusive asshole but (laughs) the odds are pretty strong and it takes all of us to affect change and the zeitgeist right now is here for it. It's it's we're we're we're, in, we're living in a time where it's possible to move the needle, and we are in this most accepting, open-minded point in American history. And I, I can't speak for every other culture out there in the world. Uh, everyone is on their own timeline, so please adjust this accordingly. And, and and you know, kudos to those who have figured this out quicker than we have as Americans. That said, it's still not good enough, and. Never mind the fact that in some ways we've maybe overcorrected some of us, at least, you know, there are some people now that think chivalry is sexist. I'm sorry, but I'm not going to stop holding doors open for women or anybody, because I think that's just being nice. It's not being sexist, but anyways, 
there, 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 there is an overcorrection. Um, you know, if, it, there's an overcorrection happening. It's a bit a weird. Lot of different fronts on a lot of different levels. Yes, for sure. So let's let's bring it back to you know normalcy a little bit. The point of this story is is so common that it's it's not even a shock to read the lyrics. You know it, it, that that is not okay. And if a song with a story is so dark and achieves such legendary status, then good. It puts a spotlight on the issue. They've been playing this song a kajillion times since 1994, and for good. I mean, it's a poppy song. It's got a great hook to it. It's a three chord. Right. You know, they call it the cowboy chords. You know, when you're just hanging out here at the top of the neck. So <laughs> D, and then what is it? D, A, and G, and uh, just over and over and over again. And there's a reason why it's popular. But you know what? I like that the music is poppy. Because it makes you focus on the content after a certain point. Same thing with Evenflow. Oh, this song's fucking sick, bro. You know what it's about? No. It's about the homeless. And now we're how we <laughs> doing anything to help them. Oh. I kind of like that. It's like a Trojan horse song. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, it, it, I, I, it's, <laughs> it's arguably his greatest self-achievement. Because he wrote it before he was even a member of Pearl Jam. Yeah. But to it, it's you know you you bring something to the fold at a time in the band's history where they were kind of starting to open themselves up to a more inclusive process, and I think that it's it's great that this song found its way into the catalog when it did, because you know Vitology for many is the last you know quote unquote great Pearl Jam album right those, those mm-hmm. iconic first three, and this particular track I thought you know it really did open up a path for how diverse the sound of the band could be when everybody's allowed to kind of have a voice and we just let that voice organically breathe a little bit. And obviously, you know, Stones mentioned this with his excitement about the music to come moving forward post Gigaton with how he believes this album opened up a lot of new doors for the band. And so I don't know, man. I mean, a lot of it is about turning pages, but it's really hard to turn pages when, when you can't not look back. You know what I mean? It, and, and I think for somebody who's been in a situation like the, the speaker of the song, turning a page is a heck of a lot easier said than done. So it's, man, it's a, it's a heavy song on a lot of levels. It's, heavy. it's really heavy. Yeah. Well, anyways, and, uh, go ahead. Yeah. No, and I was just going to say that it, it's at a level where I really feel that in many ways, it's it's kind of an anthem. Yes. On a lot of levels as well. And and so it's, uh, I have a particular affinity for anybody, man or woman, but especially women, only because statistically that's where this is happening more often. Mm-hmm who goes through these types of experiences because I just, I don't think there's any room in a relationship for abuse of any kind. And uh, I think that this song offers an opportunity for everybody, even today. Cause like you said, this is that we haven't eradicated this from nope. our, our social dynamic, you know? And, and again, it's, we talked about this with WMA. We've talked about this with some of the other tracks. There's so many things that Pearl Jam writes about that we can't seem to address properly as a society. And I think this is one of those underserved currents that you and I, I actually would love to continue to explore 
on this show with you because it's something I think that, as you mentioned, it, it's very pervasive in their catalog. And I don't know if, if we really have explored and mined that territory enough in our exploration of Pearl Jam's music and their relationship to these different types of issues. So it's definitely something I'm, I don't know. It speaks. It speaks. Well, you, um, you said it earlier that we could probably talk about this song for a long, long, long time. And I, I feel like we could, uh, but we should. Let's, let's listen to it instead. <laughs> <laughs> let's do so because this song has been played 528 times and you're about to find out which is the best yes. version of it in our live cut of the week. Live cut of the week, Paul. I have a feeling I know where we're going. Soldier Field, buddy. 95. Obviously. Going back. Yeah, we're going back. Now, why? Why, Paul, Soldier Field, 95? The answer is twofold. It's simple. Number one, the sound quality is impeccable. Uh, it was even a vault release, right? Mm-hmm. But more importantly than that, Brendan, Obon- Brendan O'Brien on the keys. Yep. His presence on the keys was so vital that the song was originally recorded with just Brendan and Eddie. Mm-hmm. And obviously, those of you who own the Versus Vitology Deluxe Edition, you know this because that, that is a beautiful cut of the song. Uh, eventually, the decision was made to include the rest of the band, and it became a song that we all know and love today. However, this particular cut is, I think, the only live version that you'll find from that era where you have keys. And uh, it's not only is it a faithful rendition, of the song, but it's a live uh, interpretation or a live replication is probably a better word mm. of what we saw play out in the studio. And so Brendan himself being on the keys, I think is, is a monumental add to why I think this is the best version ever you add in the sound quality. To me, it's a no brainer. It's by far the best cut of the song. I think you'll ever hear. Cool. Back to Chicago, July 11th, 1995. <laughs> Memories 
You mentioned it. Uh, the fact that it's Brendan and not just some other guy playing the keys there, playing the organ, uh, adds so much. Especially, you know, think about the intensity of the song as we were talking about earlier. Um, it really does amp up the intensity on a song that was at its peak of its popularity, at the peak of the greatest Pearl Jam show to that point. In the city where Eddie grew up. Exactly. So all these converging lines, you know, you might say, oh, you're going back to Chicago for like the fucking 15th time. Dude, there's a fucking reason for it. <laughs> you know, this was an iconic show of the Vitology era. If we're talking about Vitology, you know, first of all, there weren't a lot of shows around that time. 94, 95, 95 was that, you know, the fucked up tour that was trying to zigzag through non-Ticketmaster venues. The guy grew up a Cubs and Bears fan. What do you want? <laughs> it just it just happened. I'm sorry, guys. It just happens to be that thing. All roads kind of led to Chicago in, in, on that tour. Yeah. So, I mean, we talked about the Orpheum Theater before in 94. Yeah. I mean, we're not, we're not all Chicago, no. but there's a reason why a lot of them come from here. There's and, also a reason why the band chose this for a vault release, too. Yes. Um, I've always thought that Ed's voice sounded the best around this time. and i think this version is pretty short considering how long it's gotten over the years with all the jams and the tags and i'm not anti-tags at all no but the brevity of it 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 allows the song there's something yeah it it the message of it peaks with the story that's being told and it doesn't get lost in the jam of hey here we are in the live in the present in the now let's explore this together because those versions of the song to me they exist in those little parallel bubbles that if you were either there or you weren't, whereas this particular version is very much about what the song was always about. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and it, regardless of, of somebody else's connection to it. And, and so I think, uh, I think you, you raise a really good point there in the sense that the length of the song, I think is inherently tied to the fact that it did not become what it is today yet. You know, it was still very much in this incubation period. I have a question for all the listeners. I want you guys to raise your hands unless you're driving. Um, <laughs> that would be bad. But when's the last time you listened to the studio version of Better Man? Probably been a while. Probably like if you're like me and Paul, you probably throw on a bootleg every now and again and just listen to random shows and go, oh, there it is. And it's probably like the, you know, six to 11 minute version where they do a whole bunch of tags and they do, you know, uh, uh, save it for later and yada, 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 cinnamon girl, yada, yada, yada. But you know what? There's something to be said about how succinct this was. And you think about, you know, Mike going off like he does in some of these longer versions. He he starts to do that, but he fights with Eddie as Eddie's kind of singing over the end there. And then it just kind of ends nicely. And it's it's a really lovely version at just the right time in the band's career. And, the, and there's something magical about this show, as we've mentioned very much before, and the performance and just the, all those through lines of like the peak of their powers, the peak of his voice adding Brendan O'Brien to peak at the song. It just, all things lead to this moment and um, deep, deep into a very long night um, at what is now an, an alien spaceship football stadium. By the time, like a, 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 um, a Greek um, theater. God, it looks so beautiful in the eighties and nineties. So good. So, it was, Minus the AstroTurf, but. Yeah, well, yeah. But, I mean. <laughs> all right, guys, there you go. There's the show. Um, Love to hear your thoughts on on your favorite versions of Pearl Jam songs covered by others because, like I said, we're gonna post links and and let us know what you think about Better Man. I, I know everybody under the sun, all the other Pearl Jam podcasts out there have probably already talked about Better Man, but there's a reason 
why we all have a, a big affinity for this song. And what do you think about it? How does it apply to you today? Does it, has it affected you on a very intimate personal level? If you're willing to talk about it, we want to listen to it. Um, because you know what? Talking about things sometimes makes things better. So bring it at us, guys. Bring it at us if, if, if you're so willing to do so. Love it. Until next week on this show, we will talk about something else. And we've got a few things coming up. Uh, we're going to be talking with um, our friend David, who runs livefootsteps.org. I'm sure many of you use that for your um, geeky, nerdy Pearl Jam statistics. We'll be talking to him very soon. We will have another chit chat with our friends from Black Circle in a few weeks. They will be also uh, on another um, charity foundation fundraising show with our friend Anthony from Touring Fan Live. So we got yeah. some cool stuff coming up. And oh, by the way, at the beginning of May is um, something else is now it's eluding me as I'm speaking the words. But I spoke to you about it before. Do you remember what it is? May se- oh uh, yes. uh, Avocado. Yes. Avocado. um, Self-titled? Self-titled. Anniversary. On May 2nd uh, in 2006. So we're going to do something along those lines. Yeah. So until all these fun new episodes come out, you have been listening to The State of Love and Trust. (laughs) 